dangerous game. Liverpool backing off, backing off, backing off. There used to be a great My eyes become alive and the light that you shine can't be seen. Hi and welcome to this week's episode of Action Replay Extra Time. I'm joined by actually a new crew this week. We've got Hugh Farrell, who of course has been on. He's going to be talking about a bit of uh, UFC and also a bit of football. Yeah, man. We have Luke, as always. The OG podcast boy here. And uh, we have a new member of the podcast here who has never been on before, but he is a regular with Action Replay. Introduce yourself. Hello, I'm John Morley and I love GAA and having a good time. John Morley is with us today uh, on his best behaviour, as we can see. Two hosts from last week. Two hosts from last week. Did you hear that miserable show? <laughs> um, yeah. So today we're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to start with a bit of GA. We're going to look back on the weekend's GA. We're going to look ahead to the Allianz hurling league final and a quick look at the summer too. Before we move on to a bit of football and obviously Champions League last night, you had Liverpool playing last night and also. The other quarterfinal on Tuesday before we move on to a bit of UFC and that's when Hugh will take over as always. So um, I suppose John will start by just quickly looking back on uh, Dublin winning their fifth league title in six years. 18-14 victory over Galway. Galway had held their own but ultimately it was Dublin's day. Galway suffered, I think Joe Bradley put it best, <laughs> the defensive mindset. I mean they were a man up for the last 20 minutes with the breeze on their backs and Dublin outscored them in the second half 6-3. Yeah. I mean with the talent they have your Damien Comers Shane Walsh's Brannigan um, I mean like I, I don't know how they didn't push on like uh, but Dublin were very good like the Dublin proved that they are capable You're, you, if you put 14 men or 15 men behind yeah. the ball if you do, if you set up 1-13-1 or 1-14 and no one up front they can break that down their movement and and we have to bear in mind this is a Dublin team that wasn't in top gear this is a Dublin, Dublin te- team that didn't even have a full team no. never mind anything else I know they brought some back from the from the verse fixture in Salt Hill but like there's still a lot of names missing including one Dermot Connolly which we will get to in a few minutes I was very amazed by how well they were able to break down the blanket defence with their movement we've seen they, they, they touch the wings and they do all that but they yeah. were running through the crowded blanket and getting hand pass off and kick passes off and I mean Dean Rock nearly got a goal that would have buried Galway near the end sort of 68 minutes in the yeah. match uh, only for a great Rory Lavelle save like so look I think it, it, it's, it, I feel with Dublin it's damned if you do you're damned if you don't if you do set up very defensively well they're going to take that apart and unless you can transition and actually 
move away from counter-attacking football and do a more zonal everyone attacks everyone defends type to of football to play against Dublin yeah yeah because like the way it, it's actually really interesting to see the way Dublin set up against blanket defence you've seen against Tyrone I know they had a bit of a a bit of help from Conor Callan's goal of course but um, even against Galway there the way they play against blanket defence is they, kind of, they leave the whole area where the blanket is they leave it completely empty all the players kind of come out in a, a kind of semi-circle and like I said they hand pass they kick pass around and if, if if the opportunity isn't there they kick pass back they hold the ball for I think I once saved in Salt Hill I remember I was watching it Dublin held the ball for nearly 5-10 minutes without it's Galway almost, getting a touch almost, of it it's almost like Pep Guardiola's tippy-taka sort of style you know, it is yeah like kind of some, probe, people, some people they probe the blanket until they, they spot a gap spot yeah. a space because eventually after you know 20 passes you know somebody in mm. the in, in the the Tyrone defence as it was in the championship and against Galway at the weekend somebody's going to be out of position briefly you know they can't stay. They can't stay perfectly disciplined for ever. And normally, what they do is they'd kind of like one thing Dublin have is their is their wing backs and their midfielders with pace. Like you know, you have James McCarthy or some of that, or even Michael Darren McCauley who's been unbelievable this year, especially. Like they wait for kind of that gap to come, and then they send a runner into that hole, and then obviously that drags the defenders back. Well, like the court, and it leaves space for one of your finishers, like your Paddy Andrews, your Colin Baskills, your Paul Mannions, to just knock over a point then. Yeah, well, like you see the corner forwards, they break out a pace to the sides. Yeah, people run into that. They come around on the loop and ping it over. You see, Dean Rock does that. For, Dean for Rock, fun, like. all, you'll see Dean Rock oftentimes like hugging the touchline. You'll see Paul Mannion hugging the touchline, and then obviously you have Niall Scully and Brian Howard as well doing pretty much the same thing, except in a deeper role. And then it is there it isn't is. any full forward. You have like then all your central players just free roll really. We know Jim Br- Gavin brought in a basketball coach there a few years ago, and it is like that. Inside, we'll say there's a perimeter from the goal about 25, 30 yards out. You would only go in and out of there for about 10 seconds Great most period. of the time. You go in, you go out and create more space and just leave useless lads there. Yeah. Like, useless defenders there that are really doing nothing, only standing up like, you know. Mm. And they hold the ball then and they frustrate the opposition to the point where that's when the goals start to come later on. But um, one thing actually that has been questioned, they haven't scored many goals this year. You know, they didn't score a goal the weekend, they didn't... St- they, did, they haven't scored many goals don't and I think to. that's one thing well I know they don't need to but I think it could be a worry because Dublin have always won games through vital goals well they didn't beat Mayo last year through a vital goal in the final they bet Mayo last year through taking their points they got a goal handy in the first minute like. but apart from that it was yep. through to taking their points like. so I think they'll be happy enough that, that if they can get any team down to the last 70th minute and it's just a shootout going for points they'll be happy enough that they can do it there which they've proven they can over the last six or seven years the Dublin team's really evolved from 2015 where they were that goal animal or even it's evolved from 2013 really was well, when it when it was at its pinnacle well, of kind of goals and fierce, fierce I attack remember, I, I still to be remember, much smarter now I think I, th- I think you'll remember 2015 there were a couple of games where in the championship where Dublin scored three or four plus goals whereas um, that's, twi- that's kind of been I suppose goals did win it for us in 2015 especially against Mayo in that semi-final the Kevin yeah. Mac minimum goals in the yeah, replay yeah really got us over the line the final itself against Kerry was it was just a dire game with the weather yeah, but you, you are right they're much smarter now much more refined they're so much harder to beat obviously because they went on a 34 game unbeaten run until Kerry put us to the sword and actually the Monaghan game there two weeks ago was only the third time Dublin have lost since since Donegal in 2014 which is kind of scary Yeah. Um, to stop talking about Dublin um, talk about the league itself and the leagues even from Division 1-2-4 who has like what team has impressed you the most? Like Galway, Galway. It is Galway. Is yeah. Galway? I would I would have argued someone like Cavan, and even Ross Common, considering Carl. both of them went down. 
last year and to come straight back up normally it's the opposite way around I mean it was a great fight and like look Roscommon are on the up they won the Connacht final last year they did they got badly found out against Mayo on the replay but I don't think that's actually representative of where they are as a team I think they got it wrong on the day in that mm. replay uh, and um, Mayo got it absolutely right and McStay uh, well they do have I, I remember the, the the first game was you know was, that was a bonkers uh, first half yeah, if I remember yeah, right yeah. crazy first 35 minutes but yeah, the second game was you know an unfair reflection on the, where Roscommon were and where Mayo were. See, Roscommon are playing a very attacking brand of football, and the thing that we caught them out on was running at them, running yep. through the centre, and they haven't been able to deal with that when a really pacey team, our half back line, like there's there's great pace in there, like your Keith Higgins, Cullen Boy, Lee Keegan, them running through is what won that game for us. It wasn't our forwards that it was just exposing um, things running through with them. Now they'll need they'll need to tweak that and they'll need to find a Keno Sullivan type player. That, yeah. can, that can anchor them at the back and stop that from happening but one thing I do want to bring up actually about Keno Sullivan before his injury he got absolutely roasted by um, Clifford Clifford yeah, yeah he had a bad he's had a bad time actually all league as well he, I don't think he I don't think he had a good time in previous games he's still coming back but um, like I think Keno Sullivan has been almost a weak point he, this year for Dublin and someone like um David Byrne has been exceptional and he's I almost argued that David Byrne could be starting in the championship over him the thing about Keno Sullivan he is a type of player who would suffer against a very all-rounded player yeah because your likes of your Clifford can break out of place win a ball he can also win a high ball in he can do it all like I think that's where he got caught out there yeah you know but anyways um, the type of role he provides becomes completely nullified against the blanket defence like he just he becomes almost Keno Sullivan yeah I think it becomes more vital than ever when you do it look does, at the likes yeah. of 2014 against Donegal counter-attacking yeah Dublin that's the one reason Dublin were found out because they just they committed too many bodies forward into this blanket defence and they were having success until I would say Donegal. I think he's a more noticeable player when we play the likes of Mayo he, he is like he's he is he's less noticeable in games like that but you do need a sweeper you do need this Keno Sullivan there just in case there is a big counter-attack from Donegal from Monaghan from Tyrone whoever that may be so yeah I think he's actually pretty pretty vital and that's one thing that Shim Gavin brought in since 2014 and we haven't lost championship game since so um, I think I think he might be a bit a bit wrong in saying that now maybe but, um, maybe, maybe uh, my expertise the reason the reason that it probably looks more noticeable against Mayo is because Mayo actually are setting up the exact same way as up and now we keep one man at the back whether that be Colin Moyle or Keith Things, whoever yeah. it is like at that time Like, but yeah I'd say that's probably why he seems Oh, he's more definitely noticeable. more noticeable in games against Mayo or Kerry or something like that. He is, but I think it's just his—he does a kind of under under the table kind of job in against the blanket defense, which just isn't picked up by the crowd or by the by the cameras. And um, stay with the leagues. We talked about impressive teams, who have been impressive individual players, and we'll go through some counties. Like if you talk about Monaghan straight away, it's the likes of your Conor McCarthy's, it's the likes of um, obviously Conor McManus. Um, they had a great league they finished off with a nice victory over Dublin uh, they really count themselves unlucky not to get to a final with the Jack new McCarron as well like Jack McCarron too yeah he scored a brilliant one of the best goals I've seen yeah. in a while actually over Stephen Cluxon's head um, Monaghan will look at Mayo who's been impressive for yourselves Owen O'Donoghue definitely from uh, yeah. Ben Mullet he's been a great find for us at cornerback like I mean he was one of the three lads who stepped up when we needed when we were facing our facing our first outing from Division 1 against Donegal there in 21 years uh, he was one of the lads who stepped up to get points we needed badly and of course Kevin McLaughlin as well who's been an unsung hero for Mayo the last few years he was as he has always been been very impressive now looking yeah. looking down at the younger players 
Stephen Cole I've been very impressed with uh, he's yeah. been very solid for us he's had a great year between winning the Sigerson and everything like and he has seemed to really grow throughout this league yeah. I would say he's really he really stood up against Donegal he was part of that passage of play that saw Kevin McLaughlin get the point he sort of fisted it off to McLaughlin and then made a shield and rung to take another Donegal player yeah, out which, which created which created space yeah, for Kevin to run into it's actually a, like it's very mature kind of thing to it do, was you know yeah I mean? it was which you wouldn't expect from a younger player exactly uh, yeah Connor Loftus uh, Loftus of course has got much time but he will hopefully well, he, he did like without him against Donegal I don't know where we were going he was kicking freeze over from 40 yeah. 45 50 yards out which and is what you struggled against Dublin especially in that game yeah. that game could have been won against Dublin because Dublin if he was on. a step back mm, and he missed yeah. He missed, I think, three or four frees into into the goal. But um, I suppose who else we look at? Donegal, obviously, Paddy McBrearty is was exceptional. Yeah, all and campaign they can count themselves as very unlucky to go down. Jamie Brennan. Yeah, and um, Stephen McBrearty as well. What do you think of the Nathan Nathan Mullins experiment? Has it been a failure in terms of bringing Nathan up from from Vincent's? Um, well, he hasn't really. <laughs> He's got. He's he got shown a lot of in his opening game. He's, and yeah, he had a nightmare against Dublin as well. So I, 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 I don't. I don't. That's really why you call it an experiment, though, isn't it? Like, I mean, yeah, it was an experiment, kind of, to see if they can free up Michael Murphy to do some some other work up the field. I know they've got Caelan McGonagall and they've got they've got some young players like. up as well. Oran McNeilish has been just great, rejuvenating for them to come back. He scored. He scored some unbelievable points and goals. Yeah. Um. I suppose Tyrone it will be Lee Brennan straight away Lee Brennan Matty Donnelly um, yeah. I mean even uh, Kavanagh as well Cullum Kavanagh he's been mm. solid for them all year as well um, Sludden Sludden was no, Im- Sludden has been immense good, yeah. so yeah they have a lot of talent and, they, and considering their poor start to the league they've actually done rather well in the last couple of weeks they have yeah like Kerry so, as um, well like is, yeah. I mean yeah and the hammering they gave us like they really found us out uh, as well yeah, but so uh, it's interesting to see. Like, uh, I think a lot of pressure has been lifted off Mickey Hart now. It might come back in the summer now when you look ahead to Ulster. But um, well, if they get as far as the quarterfinal stage, it'll be back on them again. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, who else is in the division? Dublin. We'll talk about Dublin quickly. Actually, impressive players. My impressive players will be Brian Howard, Noel Scully again, still coming into his own. Uh, nice to see Cormac Costello back for Dublin as well. He was firing and he played in Salt Hill. Basquell. Colin Baskell like two or three of these players are fine Kieran Redden's coming into the team Emma O'Connell's doing jobs as substitutions for Kieran like Kilkenny has been my player of the year Kieran Kilkenny has been player of the year so far yeah. really. most versatile player in the country right now I think um, in defence I said I mentioned David Byrne already and um, yeah I suppose, I suppose that's it Dublin, Dublin have been solid you know nothing nothing spectacular um, um, we say that and yet they're still league champions that's, yeah. that's the scary thing for other mm. counties I think is that well, a lot of players to come back. Um, will Dermot Connolly come back? Um, I what I heard was that he wants to play Hurland because he'll get in on the setup and he'll be starting every match. But that the Dublin County Board won't let him. That's what I heard. Yeah, it, it could well be because I know he, I know he does play a lot of Hurling too. He he's a hurling over Christmas. Yeah. He is a savage hurler. You see him play for Vincent's. He played midfield for Vincent's. I've seen him play under twenty one for Dublin up in um, up in Newry in an All Ireland semi final, and he got and he he threw a hurl against the wall. In like after Dublin are like twenty points up with like five minutes to go when he got sent off. So like when he or not sent off, sorry, um taken off by the manager. And in a huff he f- <laughs> like he took off his helmet and like threw the hurl against like oh, against the wall, going mad being, right. for being taken off. Like 
ridiculous stuff like he said probably the wall you know said something to him you know <laughs> start the wall out. but um yeah look Dermot teases about uh, hurling a bit and um I don't know like should the rumours gone around Dublin is like uh, initially it was a gro- like an injury a groin injury or something um then it was he wants time off from both hurling and football some people said a row with Jim Gavin Jim Gavin came out there last, during the weekend and just said yeah we're like we give him a bit of time off like Jim Gavin won't tell you the, the truth which, and Jim Gavin are two totally separate things that is like, true he's so PR um, heavy so you wouldn't we, we really don't know what the story is there um, it's you know his, his influence is sort of taken you know it's not as prominent <coughs> as it was three even two three years ago and but you have to say he's still one of the most exceptionally talented footballers of this current I, th- I think if he like if he came back into the panel in May he'll be starting straight away like, yeah, that's the thing though but he's he, just that good. even then missed missed so much of last year's championship and I mean yeah. you know didn't bother him in the final against Mayo it didn't know he came on and he won the free he actually won the free that uh, that ultimately led to the victory so um, it's, in- it's interesting to see what will happen there um, to look ahead quickly to the summer uh, we'll start with Connacht I suppose the main one is Galway, Mayo and Mayo. Galway this, yeah. is, this is a real D-Day for Mayo especially after two years of losses against Galway I don't think Mayo have it in them to come back through the back door again especially with Super 8s especially get, with the Super hor- 8s that's an extra two games we get a horrible draw we'll be in the draw with Dublin yeah. if we go you through could the be in the draw with Dublin and potentially Kerry. Galway or Kerry yeah. yeah you know like it's it's mental um, so Mayo and Galway to start on the other side you have your Roscommon you have um it's probably the most actually competitive champ like provincial championship right now too. Bar, Sligo, New York, Leitrim. Well, like as in most unpredictable because Mayo, yeah. Galway, or Roscommon, or Roscommon can Roscommon. win that. Yeah, I would say Mayo and Galway and not Roscommon, but um, well, I don't know. I think I Roscommon, think Roscommon are gonna have, they have a very easy route or a, a more favourable route to the to the final. Um, especially considering be fresher as a result. Well, like especially considering this year, like they still won Connacht last year after getting relegated from Division One. Yeah. So, like, who do you have for for Mayo and Galway? How do you see this going? Especially as a Mayo man, it's it's a big one for you. I think Galway are going to be, turn us over for the third year in a row, to say the truth. Really? Um, I mean, look at that Galway full forward line compared to our full forward line. You have Brannigan, you have Johnny Heaney, you have Damien Comer, Shane Walsh. Shane Walsh, yeah. I mean, Paul Conroy midfield. I mean, what? who do we have that can get the scores? Like, and ultimately, scores win Andy matches. Andy can't do it forever. <laughs> but, well, no, Andy, yeah. like, mate... I, I feel like you're being a bit harsh on Mayo as well because Mayo do have these players too well not not to the s- same extent but they do have these players who've been there they've been to all in finals they've been to semi-finals they've grinded out these wins in tough places around the country yeah, they have leaned time on in players. time out like you, you have leaned on players like but a lot Kili- of these players Killian O'Connor's and your Shane Mo- or your Andy well Warren's actually Killian O'Connor is a separate out. issue he's out for now and so is Lee Keegan. and that's what I'm saying though. that's why they might struggle because but like, like, how much have they leaned on you still have Dermot O'Connor you still have Andy Moore and a Con- if Conor Loftus starts Conor Loftus plays he has to he has, he has to, to. Yeah. that's re- that's something new coming in there um, look all your defenders will be back you said Ono Donoghue should be, sta- should be there David Clark will play in goal not Robbie <laughs> Henley and um, oh <laughs> yeah like I, I think you're being a bit harsh on Mayo and I honestly as good of Galway ha- as good as Galway have been if I Galway can really think Mayo will pull something out of the bag when they really have to which is what they do time in time but what are you thinking behind that because how because of how good Galway have been this year so far I think it's just Mayo or Mayo Mayo or Mayo as, as good analysis as that sounds it's no. accurate 
I think no, it's not the multivariate. It doesn't. The, the multivariate analysis doesn't determine that. The multivariate <laughs> analysis would determine a Galway win. Look, they've bet us the last two years, and they have done it sort of in a similar way—a sort of like really defensive and then yeah. counter. If they can get the counter attacking better, and if they look, can refine that and actually just kind of like just if they, not as extreme defensively, not as conservative. I wouldn't mind them doing their one thirteen one as long as they when they get possession break at pace and yeah, in, yeah. and in numbers like Dublin do then it'll be fine now the, the the risk in that is is that the Mayo middle third will turn you over and then, and then, you, you've, left then you've left yourself yeah. but I think that's a risk they need to start to take and they have the lads they, do, who, because they have the lads who can barge through five or six lads and like Damien Homer he could run yeah. through five or six Mayo lads I'd say th- and th- ping it over or get a goal like. I think Galway have the resources there to implement a Dublin kind of system and a Mayo kind of system and really challenge like they, they do. Can really challenge anyway. They're getting there. They, like they have the forwards to do it. Not, they don't have the backs. That's the reason that's, why yeah. they have the defensive system. But if they get like say like just one or two leaders in that defense, a fullback and at centre back, yeah, they're they, laughing. Like. But they don't have it at the moment. It'll come. I think it'll come. Curve Especially in, lads. The get the silk lads in. I'm get Liam Silk in. Jason Leonard will come in as a forward. Ian Burke is coming back. Uh, they're going to be. As I was an under twenty-one player for Galway last year. I reckon he'd be in top about the panel. They're going to be a serious threat. Now, Sean and Neil Kelly could prove great, good for them at full back, but uh, yeah, it's look, I think see I the think Finland, you still don't know what the full Galway team will be like. I think Galway have been transitioning since about twenty thirteen. Yeah. this is Mayo's first year in transition. We're starting a big transition. And I think because like, of that I, I feel like these are still kind of resisting this transition. We are like because there's lads there you who gotta just give in. I know, but there's lads there who want it and who haven't got there and wanted to stick it until they get they get there. But yeah, no, and, and we know that this manager Stephen Rochford, he was brought in to roll over basically. That's yeah. what he was brought in to do. And until we have um, the the dog wagging the tail instead of the tail wagging the dog, we're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. Um, I suppose we'll take a quick look at Munster because Munster isn't as defined as you would think. Clare and Tipperary. Clare and Tipperary. Uh, everyone's got everyone instantly. And when you look on paper, you're gonna be like Kerry, Kerry, Kerry. But Kerry were brilliant for the first three games of the league and have since fallen away. They got a humbling from Dublin, especially I think Dublin deliberately tried to do that. <laughs> and um, and yeah, look, some of their young guns they've shown up, but then again they have. They have faltered in the big at the big stage. In fairness to Kerry, it's been a minor team they've been playing for that league. It is, but like some of them have been very impressive. Sean O'Shea, Barry, like the, the UCD pair in the middle, Jack Barry and Barry O'Sullivan. Yeah, but, yeah they can be as impressive as they want. They're still not the first team, like you know. And I know uh, these are players that are going to come into the Kerry team throughout the championship, absolutely. But at the end of the day, that was their minor team. And at the end of the day, yeah. can you really see a Tip or a Clare turning over Kerry? Can't see it. I don't. Th- I, I don't can see, see many changes coming to that I can team see, in, I, I in can the summer see, either. I could see a tipper. I can see a tipper or a Clare turn over carry before Cork will turn over carry. Yeah, well, 100%. I would agree with that. The the the, the days I just, of Cork I just feel, football are in. I just feel that Kerry aren't going to make many changes because they're in the same position as Mayo. They know they have to, they have to rebuild. They have to knock the house down, and they've got better blocks to build with. Really, oh, they do. So and they're, um, they're willing to build with them blocks. We're yeah, not. they are. Whereas Mayo aren't. No. Um, so Munster is actually a real unknown qu- quantity as well. I, like I think it's going to be a Tipperary Kerry final, and I wouldn't be surprised to yeah. see Tipperary pulling out. I'd love a to shock. see Tip Tip get a Munster. Look, I it mean, it has been strange to see the dynamic of Munster change so much yeah. over the past five or six years, where it was previously Cork and Kerry dominance. It's now 
Kerry are the big boys and there's kind of satellite teams down there who yeah. are sort of well, you see, Tipper- probe. Tipperary have won a lot of underage minor well, and under 21. Like. They have. Oh, Tipperary, I, I, are, Tipperary are used to beating Kerry since, underage Evo as well. Like, since about 2011. Quinn Livin. 11, 2000, Quinn Livin Sweeney. 11 or 12. The, the Tip Miners um, I'm pretty sure it was Ireland. 2011. Yeah, yeah and yeah. since then they've been a force to be reckoned with at underage level. Yeah, they haven't. <coughs> I think Kerry, Kerry have took over now in recent years in terms of minor level, but um, look, but they're not there. quite there yet. Whereas that yeah. tip team of 2011, that's the senior team now. So. Pretty much, yeah, really. Um, Leinster, you've got Dublin. <laughs> uh, Kildare had a poorly campaign. They'll be hurt by that. But um, Carlo are a team to watch. Car- no, all jokes aside, Carlo are a team to watch because they're they're on a high. They'll get like I hope I'd love to see them get a good victory in Le- in the Leinster championship in particular. Um, look, Leinster. We won't wait, waste much time on Leinster, but um, Dublin. That is all. Yeah, pretty much for. I don't mean Carlo a team to watch to win it. Obviously not. I mean a team to watch to maybe get beat, a semi beat Mead. I'd say they could beat the likes of Mead or Kildare. To Absolutely. be honest, yeah, yeah. And Leash, um, Leash can put it up to them as well. Leash had a good campaign as well, uh, as much as Carlo and Leash don't like each other. Um, yeah. So I suppose the main, I actually one of the more exciting ones is actually the Ulster Championship, oh, and yeah. I'm looking forward to the preliminary round of Donegal and Cavan. I That'll think that's going to be a, savage a very game. good game Cavan? for Ulster football. Cavan on a high, Donegal, you could say on a low, but then again, they're playing good football. That won't bother them. That won't bother they them, won exactly. A, they won an All-Ireland no. after a poor league. They'll yep. be all right. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's true. I don't think there's a Donegal man in the country who thinks that that league campaign means anything for their summer. No. And um, how do you see it going, lads? Who do you see coming out at preliminary tie, at least? Uh, Donegal for me I mean yep. you should look at all the talent they have they, they've actually they are turning into a more Dublin like team they have the all round yeah, yeah. They, they have the all they have the all round players they have the really athletic explosive pacey players that can also kick it over left right on the run I mean look at look at your Oran McNeilishes your Hugh McFadden's the yep. two McBrearty's um, I mean it, the, the list goes on like um, sure even it just shows the strength they have when um Young uh, Jason McHugh and the McHughes, yeah, all the McHughes. Not the Jason, sorry, Jason McGee. Yeah, Jason yeah. McGee, who was a starter for them last year because they were forced to with with changes. He was he's only nineteen, twenty years old, and he was told by them, right, we actually don't need you now. Go play under twenties. And Kieran you know Thompson I mean? as well is another one. Yeah, like, Kieran I Thompson. Mean, like, um, they you all, I they do have all this talent, uh, but I think it might just be twelve months too early. It is twelve months. It's twelve months too early for a lot of counties. It's not. It's not twelve months too early for them to beat this Cavan team. I don't think. Yeah. I think this Cavan team has been very the, 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 you see they're, they're a team that's coming from being extremely defensive and they have tweaked that a bit and they do have a few very good all round footballers but it's a few it's not mm. spread throughout the team well that's the thing so though, they're, 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 they're relying on a bit of Shawnee Johnson sometimes which isn't and, a good thing too and Mackie as well yeah. has been a big leader for them but, um, uh, to look aside you know what another excitement as well in the quarterfinal stage is uh, from Hannah and Armagh, Armagh yeah. who have both top division three yeah. coming up and um, I think Armagh won in that division three final did, there yeah. on Saturday did, yeah. uh, you have a rematch here it's in Fermanagh it's in Enniskillen I believe Who's who, like? Well, actually, no. We won't go through all the games individually, but f- like from Anna Armagh, you have um, also Tyrone. You have Tyrone on the other side. I think Tyrone are on the favourable side, which is good for them. They're playing. Actually, no, they're not. They're playing Monaghan in the opening no, game. That's Never mind. definitely not favourable. No. Look, there's there's a lot of contenders there. I'd even I think Monaghan would go for another tilt. There's four or five teams in Ulster. We haven't mentioned Down at all. Down got to the Ulster final last year. Yeah, but they also got relegated. 
I don't think that'll bother them. Two, I believe, or three. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that'll bother them. Uh, Derry, Derry are like there's there's teams on contrasting lows and highs. You know, Derry and Down, I think, have been on massive lows lately. Uh, Antrim, obviously. I think, I think I think Derry and Down would be Derry are in Division Four. Like, sorry, Derry yeah. and Antrum would be the two teams I'd I'd rule out um, completely. And I'd still rule out. I'd still rule out Down. Otherwise, it's you never know for Man to get a good opening victory like for Man are a strong team too oh I haven't I, as I said wouldn't rule them out at all like I mean I watched that um, that league Division 3 league final between Armagh and Fermanagh and like Sean Quigley one of the leading players got black carded in the first minute of play so I think if he was on the pitch it could have been a yeah, very different result it could have yeah um, right so we've gone through all the provisional championships uh, we won't talk too much about Super 8s because that's just going to be a big mess yeah um, <laughs> give us your four picks for your all-out semi-finals and then your pick to win so who's the four teams that are going to get to the last four and then who's going to ultimately win John go first um, Dublin and Ayers yeah Kerry would it be cheeky to put two Connacht teams in it no, not at all. But it's very cheeky to have no Ulster team. May on Galway. May on Galway, yeah. Yeah. Um, what are you saying? I agree with three of John's four, but I would um probably swap Mayo out for Monaghan. Monaghan, yeah. <sighs> no, I'm, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say <laughs> Dublin. To beat. Mayo. Donegal. Yeah. And oh, the intent, yes. <laughs> I don't think Kerry are going to get there. Oh, I really don't. Because of that, now Kerry are going to win the All Ireland this year. So we're like twenty fourteen all over again. Oh no! They're going to beat Mayo. Um, they're going to uh, beat Mayo and Limerick again. <laughs> no, um, I just, I just don't think Kerry are going to get there. I think they might crash and burn very early. I love. That's to a see very, but it. it's a very bold statement. And that's like, I, I love, I love Dublin Kerry games. I love seeing Kerry in top games. I want to play them, but I don't think we will. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna say. So what did I say? I said, Tyrone. I did. Yeah, sorry, Tyrone Donegal. Mayo and Dublin. Mayo and Dublin. Tyrone, really? I really fancy this Donegal team. Yeah, I, I genuinely that's fine, do. Yeah. That's um, and then ultimately to win. Dublin. <laughs> Dublin. <laughs> I think it's just a year too early for a lot of counties. <coughs> to be honest, I think we'll be, if we're having this conversation in twelve months' time, it's, it might maybe very different. Four in a row seems so extreme to say. And it's almost like, oh, there can't be four in a row. But then again, you look on paper and you say, well, what else is it going to be? Yeah. Um, I can't I, see Galway winning it. I can't, no. I can't see that Kerry team being... I think it's Kerry. You know, you, 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 you say it at your peril, don't you? But it's just really hard to see past Dublin. Um, I think Mayo are the only team that will actually... If they had the chance to play Dublin in a final, that would actually throw the kitchen sink at you. Kerry? No, us, Mayo. Oh, Mayo, yeah. Yeah, I think we're the only ones that would actually give it a, a good lash if we. I think even Kerry last year demonstrated that they're even reluctant to give it a lash against yeah. yourselves in exactly. the semi final. Yeah. yeah. Playing, this, playing that sweeper Double system. Double sweeper. And faltering. So, um, and look, Mayo aren't going anywhere. Let's, you know, they, they didn't have a good league campaign, but they aren't going anywhere. And as John said, there's a lot of players who've since come back. But a lot like, of players yeah. still coming through. A good league campaign was never on the cards to them. They're looking for championship. I mean, like we had no squad for our league. Mm. We had no squad. Oh yeah. That's anyway, lads, um, we can babble on about GA. Mm. I just realised we went on for nearly half an hour. Yeah. But um, yeah, we're gonna bring Hugh into the conversation Whoa, quickly. Yeah, enough. yeah, man. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna move on to a bit of football. So Hugh will join us for that. I think this is where John, John Departs. says his goodbyes. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I suppose we'll talk about Champions League, lads. And first and foremost, will be last night's action. Oh dear um, God! A few of us Please. are Liverpool fans here, and um, Liverpool not hosted, fans, but definitely sympathetic to the cause last yeah. night. Liverpool hosted all pretty much crown cha- uh, Premier League winners Manchester City in an all English tie in the quarter final. The atmosphere at Anfield was incredible. Before I even say anything, the atmosphere at Anfield was surreal. Like the crowd outside of crowd outside you knew something special time, was going to happen the last time anything was that good in Anfield was when we bet Real Madrid 4 yeah I think but the pre-game kind of atmosphere echoed back to um, that Europa League campaign the pre- like it against was Dortmund it was on another level another, yeah well, I know it was on another, another it was, galaxy it was European nights back in Anfield like I remember from when I was a kid growing up kind yeah, of thing you yeah. know from that Real Madrid game as you said and from all these ties against like your Barcelonas your Chelsea's and stuff like that and like it just proved that Anfield still is what it was it's still a cauldron and it shows that like the passion the support from the fans can make these group of players just do something special there was a brilliant piece in the Telegraph that summed it up and it's that Jurgen Klopp connects with the Liverpool fans Liverpool fans are odd odd. it's not the football that they want to connect with it's not the players it's the the manager and, and what he offers and what he brings is that you're not just joining a football team you're joining a culture a cult yeah and as Jurgen Klopp is so connected with that and it's like you know the last time we we saw something like that was, was probably dog leash to be honest with you where he was that connected with yeah. the fan base yeah and like it's just mad that he's actually German and that English know, is even it, his first no language he he's not be. even from the country never mind Liverpool itself but um, it's just as passionate it just comes out um, the game itself the first half an hour were probably one of the best 30 minutes you can actually just watch as a neutral watching a football game because I know it was 3-0 Liverpool after 30 minutes you have Salah you have Oxley chamberlain with an absolute belter and um, of course Mane but like I know it was 3-0 but at the same time City were going tit for tat as well it was attacking football it was end to end it was good to watch but um, Liverpool just wanted each ball a little bit more they wanted each tackle that little bit more there's videos of it all over like all over Twitter of like you know like even James Milner just like he absolutely ploughed into I think it was David Silva yeah for the uh, Chamberlain for goal. the Chamberlain goal yeah. and he just wanted it just that bit more and he he powered through and the land of Chamberlain's feet and then sure everybody blinked and it was in the back of the net and you knew the second I left his right boot it was there was only yeah. one place it was gone it was past Ederson's head I think it was just that like the will to win the like just the pass like it was just the per- it was the perfect cocktail of there, it, it, passion it was- and at the same time skill from the lads because. Salah was exceptional. His ball in from Mane's goal just was burning just this. They've been absolutely flying this year. Pure, and I, I, yeah. I want to put so much of what they have done this year. Okay, down to Klopp, one hundred percent. There's no denying he has played played a massive part in their success. But down to Salah, I mean, you can say what you want. You can say, ah, yeah, but even without him, look at all the other goals. I don't think that matters. I think the work rate he puts yeah, in yeah. is an inspiration to the you players. Saw when he left the pitch, that Liverpool's attacking impotence yeah. completely went. Now that was obviously down to the fact they were three 0 up as well. But there was already kind of slow. It was slowing down already. Even well, at actually, that yeah, one interesting but thing about that game was after the first half an hour, maybe <clears> last fifteen minutes were of the half were a bit shaky. Just don't concede. But Liverpool played two different types of games. First half they played in City's face, counter attack, win the ball, go. In the second half. They knew they were three 0 up. They knew they were three 0 They they yeah. They abandoned that. They kind of you know kind of dropped back into this defensive formation and showed that yeah we can defend the lead for forty five minutes. Something that Liverpool, and particularly under Jurgen Klopp as well, 
have never been able to do. I True, but City's defending was class in the second. Sorry, City's defending was class as well in the second half. I yeah, it was, of that. course. I've never like, like that was insanely high pressure. Their yeah. defen- I mean, I saw some of that from Liverpool too. But then again, I saw some lazy <laughs> moments where they left the options open for City. City yeah. were not giving them the option second half. Do you know that City didn't have a single shot on target? I did know that. Yeah, yeah Carius had nothing to do. <laughs> nothing Thanks, to do. Thankfully, Thank God uh, you didn't leave him anywhere. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'd actually quipped at half time. Oh, this is where I would love Jose Mourinho to be our manager for forty-five minutes. Yeah, because yeah. that's exactly what we needed. But what happened was we did it. We took Klopp took a leaf out of his book and we parked the bus for forty-five minutes yeah. and did so effectively. And that's something that like we'd have to look to do as well. And yet, had I know like a goal for Liverpool does make it five goals and practically impossible. Well, for I think we will park the bus because yeah. they're going to have to come on to us, and that's going to leave a lot of space. It is, yeah. Um, Look, I think it's a credit to Klopp, especially in his um his feud with uh Guardiola. Like, forget about Mourinho and Guardiola. It's Klopp and Guardiola yeah. where it is because they play better football. <laughs> and um and Guardiola genuinely hates when Klopp gets something over him, which he has done historically. He got his tactics on point, yeah. and the players the players are there. Like even Firmino put in a shift. If you look at Oxlade Chamberlain, like he just looks like an absolute. Like, and possessed that time. Possessed, uh, especially against City. Especially against goal. City. Oh, he he was the same in the in the Premier League fixture, the four three win yeah, as well. Three of the peop- the three who scored last night scored against City in the other game in Anfield. Yeah. It was a bit strange. Like even like look at some of the players. They were just inspired. Andrew Robertson bought for seven million. Yeah, uh, this time last year. What's he worth now? Bought for What's eight, he worth? Uh, bought, funny, bought for eight. But oh, eight million, who did you sell? To who? Where'd you get him from? Wherever you got him from, you sold him oh, for like Kevin eight. Stewart Kevin, Kevin Stewart for us for eight million as well. <laughs> sold actually, Kevin yeah. Stewart for eight million. They've got him then. Yeah, for eight we million. sold him the whole and yeah, bought Robertson off. It's like you got like, him. Eight, <laughs> like, like this time last year, Robertson was like slowly sinking to relegation with Hull. Now he's in the Champions. Yeah. Well, now he's, he's one foot in the Champions League. So like he's he's gonna play. He played his biggest match of his career last yeah. night, and he's gonna play his new biggest match of his career on uh, Tuesday. And what do you think like, about how the second leg is going to go? Um, we will get. Yeah, I suppose. Um, look, it, it's completely unpredictable to um to predict. You just can't. You just can't predict. Unpredictable it, like. to predict. You can't predict. Yes, I love that, and I'm gonna. English. I'm gonna follow that. Um, <laughs> you're trying to meet the word count. <laughs> it's literally. I'm trying to submit this assignment. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, it's you just can't predict it. Uh, like, sure, City get a goal in the first five minutes. Yeah, could be. Liverpool get a goal in the first five ten minutes, or Liverpool sit back and it's the most boring game of football you're gonna watch for a while. I would love that. Nothing. Oh, would make lo- me happier. yeah, you'd love that too. Yeah. But like, I, I'm, I'm imagining the city can pull it together. They can see the weaker area because there, there were a few weak areas of Liverpool's game. There, uh, there were like as in Sane did did threaten, but that at yeah. the same time Trent Alexander Arnold, a teenager, may we add, yeah. um, was actually like actually pretty good in closing them down. At times he didn't like he didn't get any clear cut chances. Um, a stronger midfield. Jesus was terrible. I, I dropped I dropped him back a bit. I'd I'd like more of a midfield presence than a full on attacking because what happened was they tended to go very high pressure, but high pressure that wasn't working for them because they get in even with like you saw mana shots just got the volley blasted it well wide. Yeah. It was just everything was high pressure and too much on them. You I need a bit more City, space. I never understood City playing Gunnowan last night. You should have played Raheem yeah. Sterling. That was I a gamble. Was, where was he? Was he out in the wing or did they play? Did they put no, they Sterling? played three in the middle. They played three in the middle. And then when they brought Sterling on, they played a four-two-three-one pretty much. Okay, so they did switch it up though. They, they switched it up. For, they switched it up to play Klopp because I, I basically Guardiola overthought it and Klopp just said, "No, I'm just going to play the way I normally play." Well, act, 
I think what Guardiola was expecting was Jurgen Klopp to have high midfield pressure. There was no high midfield pressure. No, it was it was still very low. It was counter attacking. All all the pressure came in City's third of the pitch. There was Liverpool left the midfield completely void. Chamberlain, Milner, and uh, Henderson all pushed up or all pushed back, and yeah, it, was it, left, it left the three city midfielders completely isolated. They were cut off from the from Jesus, and yeah. they were cut off from Sane uh, and David. Sitt. Like De Bruyne at times, they could have just played that to their advantage, though. They could have if they, if they had actually thought it through a bit better. I mean, the, the fact that it was such a barren area of the field, they could have played so much smarter. Yeah, but even like with one of these players that can like that can string a few passes together, De Bruyne, he he couldn't because of this because he was, he's left isolated. He's he can either go back, which isn't a good thing because he's going to be pressed then, or he can go forward and lose the ball. Yep, he was uh, left. He was just left in this like this kind of no man's land. Yeah. And I think that had a lot to, to do with uh, Guardiola getting his tactics wrong because he yeah. expected the typical. Um, he, he expected Liverpool to want the impotence and to want the ball at home so I think his, his thinking behind how it playing Gundogan was a man who can transition very well from defence into attack yeah. and I think that's what he was expecting um, it was almost as if Liverpool it was going to go the other way around surrendered to possession um, yeah it was almost as if he expected Liverpool to retain possession and he'll counter attack yeah. whereas it went the opposite way around and City didn't know what to do when they had possession all the time well we've seen Which City space. do this time and time again this year how good they transition um, and it's one like that's why Guardiola insists that they play from the back. He insists that every bot pass is a short pass. So when you, you know, you, you take Raheem Sterling out of the game, you lose a man who could who could run past three or four or make a run in behind. That's not Guardiola's game. Um, but surely you have to be more adaptable than that. Like, because if you're playing a really short passing game as City did last night, Liverpool took that to their advantage. Yeah, well, they put they put the pressure and they put the forward they yeah. put City's back line under immense pressure but Guardiola will insist from every kick out that Ederson passes the ball to one of his back four and it paid but it paid dividends though because from what I saw now I'm not a soccer expert from what I saw just tactic wise Liverpool pressed them up there up high and they got two of their three goals out of that from, from turning over the ball up the in their own half the goal was the uh, turnover of possession and um, the Mane goal was I think they gave the ball. The Mane goal was a Salah attack and it was blocked. And then yeah, Salah I think De Bruyne initially it. gave it away in midfield and then Salah was put away. Um, or it might have been Sané. But regardless, what John's point is making is the point I'm making is that um, City could not get the ball from defence to midfield. They constantly found themselves trapped and they constantly had to do something yeah. that they never do, which is play long balls. And as you can see, time and time again, it didn't work. Very true. Um I suppose we'll move along quickly to um, the previous night's game, which was Juventus and Real Madrid. And this one took me by surprise initially because oh. Real took an early lead and sure, the rest is history and we may as well speak about it. Probably one of the best Champions League goals we'll goal. ever we'll see for a the long time. Goal. Uh, I, I feel the City-Liverpool <laughs> game overshadowed. What was? One of the top five greatest goals in Champions League history because yeah. it was that good in fairness to I'm agreeing yeah fairly I, 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 top five top three I think Ronaldo yeah. absolutely like this is the thing it's Ronaldo you look at his stuff and it doesn't stand out because of all his other achievements yeah. and plays but that one I just I've been having so many conversations where people are like do you know what I just don't think of Ronaldo's stuff any differently but then when you see that yeah. that's like that, that that was like a real Hamas Rodriguez feeling like you think of like let's say you think of Sebastian Quatez, what do you think of? You think of that unbelievable overhead scissors kick against QPR. Mm-hmm. Like for most players, a goal like that would define their career. Pierre Crouch, just see Pierre Crouch's tweet. Yeah, it was, it was like only a few yeah. of us could do that. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Good man, Peter. 
Um, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, look, there's, there's only a few amount of players who can actually do that, and big games especially. That's one thing to note as well that he did this in a big game yeah, on the Champions back. League on the back, he was trying to catch up with the ball. If anything, he was trying to run back to get to get in position to do it. Just the and the height he got, he was I think his foot was eight or nine. I think somebody actually measured it, it was like eight or nine foot off the ground. Um, it wasn't at the right angle to actually do it, and it was like unlike Rooney's, it didn't hit his shin. It was the yeah, boot. That, that's you do tend to see that with a Rooney volley. It sometimes gets a bit of a you get you get your nice hit, but sometimes it's not as clinical. It might hit a shin. Yeah, it could hit anything, and they get a bounce this, in first. This was it's, oh, clean, it's like. decision from Ronaldo. <clears> and it's um, why he's, the, in my opinion. I know it seems every time one of them does something exceptional they yeah, become have the to. greatest ever That's, yeah. but I, I still I, in my personal opinion it, it, the, you know he's the sec, second yeah. greatest footballer ever and that's why um, and he's just unfortunate to come in the same generation as the best in my opinion but um, I'm in agree. actually one, one funny thing is um, a lot of United fans obviously were um, were very happy to see that Ronaldo goal and they're like oh what a goal Ronaldo you're so good and like i seen a tweet and I, honestly the best tweet I've seen all week is like United fans saying like, oh, what a Ronaldo, like what a goal, Ronaldo, what a player. Is like you going on your ex's Facebook profile picture and saying you look good here, babe. <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it is a bit, and it's a bit. I don't know. It's like it's like if Liverpool fans started salivating over every single Suarez goal that was. Well, we do do that sometimes, but less so when he's playing with Barca. Whereas United fans are just oh, like, oh, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Ronaldo. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like just just let her go. <laughs> get over you don't see any Chelsea fans do that when you see and this is where it hurts when you have to bring up all the players you have Robin, you have De Bruyne you have all these amazing yeah. players still playing still Salah <laughs> I mean every Chelsea yeah. player that we get rid of and you see these you don't see us going on about them exactly that's you what see I us mean, like, crying that about the fact they're gone more likely United fans are lonely I think that's what it is <laughs> So on that note, we've solved United fans' problems. Make you feel very warm inside. Exactly, he makes you bitter. But um, effective, but bitter. Yeah, time-wise, we actually do have to move on from football. I know we had a good, a good chat, but um, and then we're going to move on to a bit of MMA, and of course, uh, I suppose the big, the big news for the weekend would be the UFC two two three card. Yeah, the most stacked I have seen in a long time. I actually am in awe of this. In fairness, UFC have been pulling up pulling out all the stops because every card seems to be like oh this is the most stacked card no, 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 no. it's intermittent you get like unbelievable 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 and then a terrible cyborg card. home meh well I mean I'd unbelievable. Like, to see, I, I like to see cyborg oh yeah yeah I like home. to see that but there's, the rest of the card was a bit meh yeah yeah so tell us a bit about the card what's, what's, what's your main event or your co-main event uh, do you know uh, there is some beauties uh, to be honest the first three of the night you can obviously skip over them yeah. but then again as they go good sort of set oh the fourth fight of the night sure, you know you know what I'm going for here Gav Big Artem Lobov uh, baby coming, the Russian <laughs> hammer <laughs> the <laughs> Russian <laughs> hammer he will be fighting Alex Caceres Alex Caceres very good but very similar to Artem in the fact that he can win or lose any fight and it's yeah. hilarious to see and I'd love to see these two against I've actually seen Artem, Artem Lobov in person before I envy you. He's going in for for a bit of Nando's in Liffey Valley. <laughs> he likes his Nando's. Nando's. He does, yeah. He he looks so scary. I was afraid to say anything. I know, but, but um, he he like he, he was l- fighting actually like two or three weeks later. It's okay. He liked my tweet. He liked my tweet. I'm yeah, happy. He did. Um, I'm still jealous of that. Yeah. I'd but um, yeah. Look, he's like. Do you reckon he should be fighting? Yeah, for this, I, I I think that uh, what actually tends to happen with him is when it's a fight, like. And it's a fighter like Caceres who thinks they're very 
random and unorthodox they can get they can knock out or get knocked out yeah but I heard him's a great man for getting knocked out or knocking out as well so but this uh, could be this could be just like a straight like oh this could be a double knockout for all guard, like. <laughs> guard down and both of them at the same time with an overhand no, it's going to be funnier. It's going <laughs> to be, yeah. it's going to be, yeah, basically. Arjun just prepare, Arjun preparing like he'll he'll keep the distance because Caseras will obviously be a bit more mm. flexible, a bit more use of the legs. Arjun's going to come in, guard sw- arms swinging by the side, absolutely flying, throw a few thumps. I think if he plays it smart, he has it easy. And this this surely won't go the distance. Absolutely not. Well, no, no, sorry. Yeah, it can. <laughs> I really hope it doesn't. And yeah, I, I don't, and I do. don't see it going the distance, but it, the possibility is always there. I'm just not call. I, I wouldn't call. Yeah, if, like a decision for this, not a hope. And I'm going to say Ireton by knockout. Right. There's no submissions coming. I'll tell you that much. There's no submissions. <laughs> Two of them are standing for the whole fight. Oh, this is going to be an absolute brawl. To I'm, be honest, I may watch it myself now. Oh, do but, I? Um, it's like the fourth fight in in the night, and to be honest, I'd watch the one before that as well. Beck Rawlings versus Ashley Evan Smith. Yeah. Good fights. You kind of get up the card a bit more. Moving on to now, yeah. Um, another one that I would recommend, even if you're not a big UFC fan, is Joel Ausen and Chris Grootsmacher. Grootsmacher was on the series of The Ultimate Fighter where McGregor was the coach. Yeah. Very good. I, I actually, I think he's a, a pretty good fighter and he's one of the ones who's kind of held it together a bit better. Of, Did he win it? No. No, no, no. no. Uh, it was Ayrton versus um, <coughs> Spider. What's his name? Uh, Ryan, ba- uh, Ryan, ba- Ryan, not Ryan Bader. Uh, Ryan something anyway yeah. that that dude bet Artem but all he did was jump on his back for three for rounds thing, it was yeah. the worst thing ever and Artem should have won it but I'll forgive him for that I haven't even seen him since mm. could have went to Bellator but Chris Grootsmacher uh, he's I actually think he's a pretty good fighter he's, he's he's a solid fighter but he's against Joel Lausen who is a real Nate Diaz type fighter he's, no. the, he's an entertainer more than a fighter and I yeah. love seeing him because with a 27-15 record you tend to think what is this lad like? This dude is definitely absolutely awful. No, he can he can bring it if he wants, and he can play smart, but he doesn't yeah. like to play smart. He likes to play by his own rules and keep it fun. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. That's gonna be a good fight, yeah. Ray Borg, Brendan Moreno. Uh, I'm gonna say Borg. I I I, I like Moreno, but I think Borg has the advantage. Kvalkovic versus Felice Herrig. Kvalkovic, without a doubt. Felice Herrig, very good. Right. I've seen her last few fights, and I I I I do rate her as a fighter. Not as much as Kvalkovic. I definitely think Kvalkovic has it. But we'll see about that. I, I'm going to say it. Very easy. Yeah. Felder Ali Kinta. I'm, I, I'm a fan of both of them. Again, they, this is why I like this, this card this so much. This seems like you're, like you're just gushing even. Just oh, yeah, man, I, I, I like... am too excited about this. But I'm definitely saying Ali Akinta. Yeah. I, I really rate this man as a fighter. And I see a future there. I mean, it's it's a record of 13-3. It's thirteen three and one actually. Sorry, I corrected. Um, <clears throat> and Felder's a fifteen and three, but I still think that Ali Quinta has more to show in the future, and I think he can do it against Paul Felder. Yeah. Uh, next one, <laughs> you're gonna laugh because this is the le- one I'm least interested in. Uh, Michael Chase and Anthony Pettis. Short really? Showtime doesn't interest me anymore. I, so I you're just not interested in like you watch it obviously, but you're like you're not really gonna be invested in it at all. I I've invested in every fight. But that's besides the point. Yeah. I just when I look at the lineup before that of people that see are just like potentially good people, I just know what's coming. When I see Anthony Pettis, he reminds me of watching. Um, actually, no, I was about to say Matt Hughes, but I love watching Matt Hughes because he actually can still pull it back. 
It reminds me of watching Johnny Hendricks, a former champion who has lost his chin and lost what it was to be him. Now it's ex- it's excusable Johnny Hendricks because he yeah. just won't dro- he just won't drop weight. He likes to eat steak, likes to live a good life. Pettis, he actually no sorry I take that back because the, st- the Showtime weight cut was the joke last time because he was eating steak the whole time. <laughs> What's a showtime weight cut? I don't know. You eat a lot of steak and jump off walls and shit. <laughs> but uh, I'm just gonna say, I I hope he loses, and yeah. I don't no, I don't hope. Yeah, I do. I hope he loses. <laughs> Who we got next? We're coming up to the main main event. We're getting now. pretty far. It's a stack card. It's a very stack card. Yeah. It's Katara versus Moicano, and I, I I'm not even gonna waste time. Moicano, okay. Moicano, easy bet. And now, here we go. Thug Rose versus Joanna Champion. Well, not Champion oh, anymore. Oh, we have another intro. Thug Rose. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I Now, this is where you can this join me. This is hard in. to call. Like, I don't know what she... Uh, I'm actually a bit scared. I'm scared. I'm going to stay with Thug Rose just for the fact that Joanna was absolutely shook in yeah. that fight. The fact that she tapped the punches. It scares me when I see... Um, a champion go downhill because there's th- this is literally the fight that defines the rest of Joanna's career yeah, she yeah, loses yeah. this she's gone Unle- unless she pulls the rare comeback that someone like I've seen Dos Anjos and I, I consistently yeah, yeah. refer to Dos Anjos in these situations because he's one of the few champions I've seen who fell off the curve a bit and came back yeah. you're not like you saw Aldo he's not winning that anymore you see no, uh, RG- RGA or Robbie Lawler gone uh, Like, but to be fair he lost to RDA but that to be fair that was some win and I've seen Desanyos doing so much more I have a lot of respect for him at the moment who else has kind of fallen off it is a common trend I mean Bisping Mm. was I don't think he should Bisping he did that to himself it was his own fault for taking the fights he was lucky to be champion in the first place yeah he got very lucky with who he was challenging and then he defended against Henderson who was was 40 40 years old old I think at the time last time he lost to last time he actually fought him was my favourite knockout of all time Henderson knocking Bisping out Yeah, the, fu- the shuffle shuffle H-bomb dr- like it's the scariest knockout I had seen and this is when I first started to get into UFC like I was watching highlights and I saw this absolutely throws the- a big dirty overhand <laughs> lovely big dirty overhand drops him and then what happens is he just has the fist ready as he falls onto it it's like a Superman punch into Jeez. the ground and Good I night. you could kill someone with that like you could and Bis- but to be fair as long as he didn't die Bisping I'm glad was the one who suffered that <laughs> I am not a Bisping I, I'm sad <laughs> now, do you know what I kind of like him and I have respect for him yeah. no I have respect for him but I don't like him that's the best way to say it I have respect for him I as know a fighter I, same relationship as you with Margaret Thatcher <laughs> no, respect no, for her uh, sports. sports not politics um, John not politics I'm in MMA mode we'll move on to the other co-main event who are you is- calling for it actually for Rose and yeah, you're I'm still up. saying Rose I just really I think Joanna's gone same Aldo kind of effect yeah I, I think she's she mentally champ- gone she was champion for too long and got absolutely dominated by mentally gone by yeah. the only it's thing just, it's just not there I, I, I'm tempted to say it could be a Matt Serra type thing like a GSP versus Matt okay. Serra like it could be a thing where they have a fight uh, they're not on their game because they're get, they've gotten too cocky and they do come back I mean especially someone who was as domin- dominant as Joanna was yeah, I mean, yeah. you saw Rousey go downhill, but that was a, the whole thing about the way she took time off and all that. Joanna is back. She looks happy. Yeah. She looks happy, which is weird for her. She looks actually but happy. It's the same and thing as I know to come to go back actually to a smaller promotion like it's one closer to home that we hear a lot about is Paddy Pimblett. Yeah, 
after getting I think he got knocked out didn't he last year that was a yeah he did yes and he's come back he came back for his return fight there a couple of weeks ago and absolutely decimated like, I don't know who he faced now but yeah He's back on the road again, so that that kind of thing can happen as well because he didn't take time off. He kind of he kind of copped on. He realized he was a bit arrogant. He was a bit kind of he was he was believing his own hype. Yeah, yeah. So he came down and actually McGregor did the same thing. That was against Diaz, and he came back very well, very well against Diaz. It can it can happen, yeah. So, but to be fair, that wasn't just hype. That was uh, the McGregor thing was always a bit too presumptuous because he tried to jump up, like a weight and a catch weight. He he jumped up a weight and a catch weight, and. Then he was, and then he thought he could knock. He thought he could do a camp, which did, wasn't cardio heavy. Put on a lot of, eat a lot of food, and then try and, and finish a Diaz. guy with the most durable chin I've seen in my life and knock yeah. him out. That wasn't happening. Yeah, take it easy. Um, right, <laughs> before we run out of time, we're gonna have a quick look at the co-main event. The main event. Oh, the main event. Sorry. The main event, and mm, I, uh, I can talk about this. John can mm. join in right now with a bit of Khamib. Habib 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 and Max Holloway <laughs> and Max Holloway and Max Holloway um, Holloway's making a step up he is and I was I have a lot of respect for him for doing this I, I don't I'm not it's a big not as big of a step up as McGregor did but it's still it's yeah. still a step up nonetheless um, it's for the 145 title oh no no this was a crazy step up it was so sure. it's, uh, it's it's not a crazy step up because of how much he had to jump weight wise the crazy step is because of how do you know the way he took a day or two to confirm if he'd do it yeah he was probably just shedding a shit ton of weight was he he had to he actually had to pro, he, and, he and his nutritionist or his dietitian plan out, uh, were trying to see if it's not if it's not trying to plan out trying to see if it's feasible and healthy to do it it's it's a it's like what sure he it's only, he only fought very plan. recently so he'd be taking a couple of weeks off kind of thing like he wouldn't be no, he didn't. He was not. Was not his, he didn't have his last fight. His last fight was about a month ago, called off. And but that's what I mean. He's coming off a training camp a month ago, and no, but he the, the, he would have been taking a handy. The way yeah, he'd be taking a handy now, and the way it's starting to pile back on. So the fact that's that he put that on last, yeah, I, say, I get yeah. you. Now at least he doesn't have to. Cut, he couldn't do it if it was featherweight. He couldn't cut back yeah, to featherweight. Possible, yeah. That's why I think this is a nice little shout. So th- do you think this is a risk for him though? Before we move on to Khabib. I is do. It, I, I think it's a very dangerous decision. And I, I, he is, he is, that, he yeah. is one four five, so he's not going to lose anything in his own division. Yeah, he's going for the title here. He could like he has he has a great chance to. This is the other thing. There's no pressure on him. That's what I mean. Yeah, the the no pressure thing is a big thing for him. This is kind of a win or just. No, I, I'm still saying uh, Khabib's going to beat him. You still think uh, Khabib beat the head off him? I I, I don't think. Uh, I think I think the Ferguson one was interesting because, at least with Ferguson, there's certain aspects even on the ground. Where Ferguson is so unorthodox, he could be slippery about it. Yeah, like he, he it's like an eel. For I was going to say like an eel versus a bear, because that's the that's the comparison I'd give them on the ground. But <laughs> it, it's okay. It's like a a big ass python versus a bear. Like yeah. the, the one of them very slippery, the other sheer power and dominance. So I I I can see. I like Holloway's ma- match intelligence though. He's he's gotten a lot more intelligence in the way he conserves his power and. The way he sort of wins, sort of like uh, points as well when he's fighting. He does, and he wins points, and that's fair to do in featherweight. But he's going to get knocked the f out by Khabib, because Khabib is a dominant powerhouse. He can easily wrestle him to the ground, and he can easily hold him in a position where he can ground a pound him. And the strength is not there for Holloway, and that's why I I was even I'm even scared a bit if it's Khabib versus McGregor. I wouldn't have minded Ferguson as much. I think McGregor could take Ferguson. I still think McGregor can take Khabib. 
but I think Khabib has the Holloway gone I think he has too much power on him and I think unless Holloway pulls something absolutely insane out of the bag and is incredibly intelligent I don't think he has a chance I mean I, he, I know he's very intelligent but I don't know what he can do in a seven day training camp preparing for the toughest opponent of his life that can save him I know there's no pressure and I know that Khabib hasn't been preparing for him as a fighter but I don't think Khabib needs to be as worried because that's not as much of a step from Ferguson as it is for him from anyone to Khabib nobody's there's, you don't have many fighters like Khabib unless you want to go up to welterweight and say Tyron Woodley yeah but yeah, even yeah. so I, I think Khabib is, Khabib's a much better wrestler anyway he's very explosive as well Khabib I, do you know I wouldn't be too afraid of him standing I mean sorry I would be afraid of him standing up yeah I would be afraid if I was a fighter of that calibre I wouldn't be too worried standing up I think you, uh, especially when you're a fighter like um, Holloway there's a very smart game plan you can lay out keep the distance keep the jabs keep your points and like Holloway has the reach to do that yeah but if he tries to do that too often he'll get taken down because what happens is you can go for your leg kicks and your teeth kicks and all that body kicks uh, Khabib catches a kick you are left off balance one foot He there's about 50 things he can do to grab you into a side control position and pummel your face too easy for him if you're very not grim. Smart. very grim anyway lads unfortunately that is probably all we've got time for um, thanks to thanks to you for coming in and talking a bit about football a bit about MMA John we had a lovely chat about, uh, about a bit of G8 yeah. And of course, Luke, who since abandoned us. Um, yeah, thanks to him for coming in too. And uh, you've been listening to probably maybe our second last episode of Actually Play Extra Time for the rest of the semester. Um, yeah, so thanks very much for listening. You'll catch us on SoundCloud and of course, Action Replay on Monday. So be sure to listen. And uh, thanks and goodbye. Time it's a testament to the, how well they've been able to you just got two notifications it's a testament to how well <laughs> guess who it is <laughs> now can I just Um, yeah, so that concludes all our Champions League talk and our football kind of current affairs talk. And now we get to <laughs> current affairs. You know what I mean? <laughs> News. I love how we all just went current affairs. <laughs> the reason why I actually love Milan Barros so much is because he was so slow and so stupid when he tried to get. <laughs> no, 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 no. Can I, can I, can I finish this point? I love- <laughs> Cyrus Christie going for touch from Pam <laughs> Aim for the corner, but we'll go for it. Balance. He accepts the balance he had with Paul Green going to the Euros with no club. You don't make I don't like this point. He's like, the, he's like you know, if you see, like, he's like Freeway Cola. And Messi is Coca Cola. So I guess that is all we have time this week for the Action Replay Extra Time podcast. Thanks to Gavin, Alex, and Ian. This has been Action Replay Extra Time. Thanks very much for listening. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>